Hey guys, welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast. Uh, this is episode 8 of season 2, I think episode 28, with your hosts, Jake Van Hoff, Kate Reese, and <laughs> Ryan's back on the podcast. Uh, it's been a little while. Um, we've, we've just been a bit crap recently uh, at organising that. And to be quite honest, it's not really been Ryan's fault at all. It's been more me and Kate have been poorly organised. Yeah, we've had quite a lot. A lot of other stuff going on, um, which isn't really an excuse, but it's meant that our weeks have been a little bit more disjointed and the priorities have obviously been clients and making sure that their check-ins and they're getting the support that they need. And often, obviously, things like this, this is the first thing that kind of falls by the wayside. So, But it's been more that we've just shoehorned time to do the podcast where we can. And it's not always been a time that we felt would be ideal for Ryan. Yeah. Specifically, mm-hmm. we do it on Sundays quite a lot. And we're we actually Ryan, uh, so. have even had conversations where um, Ryan has struggled a little bit, kind of being able to switch off and stuff. So it's like, fuck, well, we're already hassling him about <laughs> on social media. We're not going to take an hour out of his weekend as well. Totally. Uh, We've all been busy. And, you know, that's it. Life gets in the way at times as well, like for you guys, like, you know. I don't feel like it's that often that you guys have like social occasions to go. Uh, to we, so, you know, make the most of a life normally. <laughs> Usually, just relentless with like training and business, and that's a, and eating out. Those are the three things we're usually yeah. pretty good at. But yeah, it's it's been. I guess this is a good learning curve for us that like actually we probably do a bit too much of the business stuff because we can't really fit a social life in. Yeah. Um, or it becomes stressful when we do. Although, I mean, we're probably being a bit harsh given both the things that we've had the last few weeks have been four hours away. Yeah. That does add some additional stress. You lose lose some of your day, don't you? It's not like we struggle to go for a pint at lunchtime with someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Ryan, how have you been? I've been been good. I've been busy. Um, Well, consultation calls. New client setups. Um, last week was a week where I was just so fatigued from training. Um, Jake's been putting me through my paces, that's for sure. Um, so last week I was a little bit in the, the zombie mode. Um, but as soon as I came to starting this week, I felt like my normal self again. It's been good to get back into training. Um, not really a fan of the constant hot weather at the moment. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just yeah. like constantly not comfortable and just dripping in sweat and I, I was saying earlier my literally it's like my skin pores are just like seeping out carbohydrates 24 7 with the amount of food that i'm eating just glucose um, syrup you know, um, you know maple syrup is like excreted from trees yeah. <laughs> that's basically you we can put like maple syrup bottles on your skin and just collect this sap that's me that's exactly me at the moment so if you're in need of extra carbohydrates you can you can come get some from me yeah, we uh, I actually sent Ryan a voice note while I was on the train down to London uh, two weeks ago. I was rewriting his ne- I was writing his next block, and I was like, "So I kind of feel like we probably could have pushed harder. Like, I don't really think that you properly properly over overreached." Um, and I got blue ticks. Nothing really. I <laughs> think, um, and then. I kind of said to him, you know, um, you've been a bit quiet on social media this weekend. Um, we'd wanted to be quite active on social media this week. Like, what, what's happened? And he was like, mate, I'm basically fucked. Um, <laughs> like, I just feel like a zombie. Like, I'm, I'm in a bad place, blah, blah, blah. And um, I think it's safe to say you kind of set, put that down to work as much as training. But mm-hmm. I think it'd be safe to say, in retrospect, you were severely overreached. Totally. Um, and we do not need to escalate training this block. In fact, potentially treading a bit more carefully. Totally. It's like hindsight is such a powerful thing, isn't it? Like at the moment, I was like, ah, oh. I knew I was fatigued. I, I could I could feel that. But you don't realize how bad it is until you look back afterwards. It's mm. just like if you finish like a, you know, extended uh, period of time dieting. And then you feel like you're hungry at that time a lot. But then when you get out of that point and you look back, you're like, yeah. oh, my God, I... Yeah. was so obsessed over food. I was so hungry all the time. Um, so it was nice to get on the other side of that for sure. Um, and I didn't mean 
genuinely um, forget to get back to you after that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fuck you, Jake. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> I think that's a massive one. Something I've realised, it's only been the last couple of weeks of just how good I feel mm. generally. Um. And then contrasting that with the end of our diet to that photo shoot yeah. and being like, right, I knew I felt shit. But, oh and my even God. even I was saying at the time, I don't think I even know how shit I feel. And, and mm. I'll know how shit I feel when I don't feel the shit anymore. But it still has like surprised me how shit I felt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I crazy. Think- Concur with that. 100%. Energy levels is just a different. We were saying um, we actually had a, a call with um, our business mentor, who we've got some exciting things coming up, and he was throwing stuff out. Suck was like, "Yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that." Do you, you can manage that over the next two and a half weeks. And I was like, "Kate, imagine if we'd been uh... doing this it, like two weeks before that photo <sighs> shoot, I'd have started crying on that call. Oh. I'd be like, dude, fuck off, suck! I can't do it.'" <laughs> Yeah, there's no way. I think just bandwidth. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be challenged anyway, but there you go. Mm. I don't think we've really even said what we're going to talk about on this podcast, guys. No. What are we going to talk about, Kate? We are going to look into and talk about intuitive eating versus tracking. Something that I think is a bit of a hot topic at the minute. I think intuitive eating is quite trendy. Mm-hmm. At the minute, a lot of people are kind of jumping on the bandwagon of it. Um, and obviously, tracking calories is something that I think is always quite a topical, debatable kind of topic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> tracking calories must be, I assume that every year, more people track calories than did the year before. I would assume so, yeah. I would assume yeah. so. Just yeah. it's becoming more and more popular, fitness becoming more and more popular. And I think there's less controversy in nutrition now where people understand that generally the thing that affects fat loss or fat gain or weight gain or weight loss is calories. And therefore, Knowing how tracking them yeah. is becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the route we want to go down is maybe... What are the two camps? What do they entail? Yeah. Um, and what is the kind of... What are the stones that are being thrown from each side? Mm-hmm. And are they valid points? And then are they alienating the position of the other side? Yeah. And then where do we land on the value of each tool? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert we're not going to be controversial. No, we'll very probably be very vanilla. Oh, so vanilla. In that middle middle zone. But like a really, really good, premium, creamy vanilla gelato, sure. you know? Not just like yellow vanilla ice walls. cream. Walls. Yeah, we're not walls. Crystallized. <laughs> no, we are... Melted and then refrozen. <laughs> coast, coast of Naples gelato shop. Vanilla gelato ice cream thing. Okay. That was reminding me of like the the traditional like Mackey's ice cream, like the big blue tub. That oh, you're like... Scottish. Oh, oh yeah. Walls is the Walls equivalent is in English. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mackey's is quite decent, but Mackey's... when it's frozen over and over again, that's no, not for me. Mackey's yeah. is definitely better than Walls. In I've never had it. Um, I'm not a fan of vanilla ice cream. I like my ice cream to be a bit more exciting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be the same. I feel like it just gets a bit samey, doesn't it? The same thing over and over again. Whereas if you've got like bits of cookie dough and brownie and caramel sauce and... Speaking of being food focused. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so tracking calories. Yes. Why do we do... Why do we track calories? Ryan, why do we track calories? Why well, the fuck would anyone ever do that? It gives you... A good insight, and I, I think one of the most valuable things you can get from tracking calories is the visual representation of portion sizes of food, um, being aware of the nutritional contents in certain food sources as well. Um, I think people always find that they're surprised of maybe like 
primary carbohydrate sources that maybe have quite, you know, a high degree of like trace fat content within that as well. So it can increase like awareness overall. But I what say, do you, mean, do you want to just expand on what you mean by primary carbohydrate source and, and so for example, if, uh, let me think of a, a good source here that's going to be, well, if we were to look at probably carbohydrate with like a trace of proteins, probably a better example. Um, but if we were to look at say quinoa, for example, yeah. usually people would maybe um, seek out to quinoa for the purpose of, right, I need to get carbohydrates in. They'll see that as maybe solely a carbohydrate source. But then in reality, when they actually go and track that, they'll then realize, oh, this per 100 grams actually has 13 grams of protein in it. Yeah. So that is obviously contributing to the total um, daily intake of protein. Not that it's a um, complete protein source, but that's um, a, a, another topic. But basically, is, it gives you, do you want me to, what's that? Quinoa is. Is it? Yeah. Quinoa is the only one. Oh, well, I've, I've chosen that uh, food source. <laughs> pure, pure, pure random. Quinoa um, is the <laughs> only grain, grain mm -hmm. which is a complete protein source, I think. Great. I, I didn't know that. That's fantastic. That's Great. fantastic. Okay. Learn something new every day. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, it will be able to give you more of an insight to the exact kind of um, nutritional content of certain food sources um, but tracking calories I guess it's the precision that comes into play with it of knowing exactly or as close to exactly as, as, as close as you possibly can know to how much you are consuming because obviously whenever we do have certain food labels that are nutritional values placed on them and um, we can only you know again it's an estimate not yep. every you know for example pack of bagels one one bagel you look at look at each of the bagels in the pack. They're always going to be varied in the sizes. So again, we're always going off of estimates. So, in terms of precision, when we're tracking um, calories through, say, My Fitness Pal, then that's as close as we can get to that. And it's a lot easier to be able to make adjustments based off of that, according to our kind of progress goals, our body weight goals, I guess you could say. Yeah. Do you I was going to say, I guess it's like a tool, isn't it? Like it's almost like a bit of a means to an end of. I, when you undertake tracking, it's not like, well, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. It's like, I've probably got a goal that is centered around losing weight, gaining weight. And it means that I'm going to have to educate myself a little bit in the process and have a better understanding of what I'm putting in my body in order to, to reach those goals. Yeah, totally. So essentially we're quantifying something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you could eat exactly the same foods in exactly the same quantities. Whether it goes in my fitness pal or not, it'll have the same impact on your body. But it's not quantified. We don't know how many calories that was. We don't know how much protein that was. So protein, to a lesser extent, we can probably get away without tracking from that perspective if you already have nutritional knowledge. But Without the quantifiable aspect, I think Ryan hit the nail on the head. We can't make adjustments, mm. but it's harder to make adjustments. So, okay, you've not lost weight, and that is your goal. You've not lost weight for two weeks. Okay. Can you just eat a bit less, please? Yeah. That's quite a broad statement, isn't it? Um, so, whereas, okay, we're going to reduce calories by, by 200. That's a quantifiable step. Um I guess my other my other point on it would maybe be behavioural change. Um, does mm -hmm. the aspect of tracking calories lead to people making better choices? Yeah. Or smaller portion sizing choices? Comes back to what you were saying, Ryan, about education on portion sizing and nutritional. I think it means people put content. more thought yeah. into it. You know, if you're tracking your calories, you're less likely. It's something that I've brought up with quite a few. I've got quite a few clients who are like young mums and something they've picked up on is that they're quite bad for like finishing their kids' plates of food or snacking on things, um, you know, when they're with the kids. And it makes you set, like if you're tracking your calories and you go to have a bite of something, it kind of almost stops you when you tracks a little bit, mm -hmm. um, which obviously if you've got weight loss goals and that's a habit you're trying to break would probably be quite a positive thing. Mm. It's all 
I guess one of the conclusions we're going to come to through this is it is very much horses for courses. Um, so what are the, should we go to the criticisms of tracking calories or should we go to what intuitive eating is and why you might use it? Uh, I think we'll go to the criticisms. Okay. Yeah. I think that tracking can get quite a bad rep. Um, and a lot of kind of conversations that I've had with people is that, they get very obsessive about it. They can't track their calories without getting really obsessed about it. Um, and I think that lies a lot in the education around it. Um, we, as coaches, I think we have almost like a responsibility to educate people who are tracking their calories and give them information like it is always going to be a guideline. It is always going to be, there is always going to be room for error. We're not expecting you to be, absolutely on the money every single day um even talking about having higher and lower calorie days and looking at a weekly average instead of just like specific numbers um i think the whole obsession around calorie counting is probably the biggest criticism of it mm -hmm. yeah it's it's user error though isn't it oh yeah realistically like it's not tracking calories isn't obsessive or isn't inherently obsessive but the fact that people choose to get obsessive about it mm. and then blame the tool yeah. mm. it's the same as people who get obsessive about scale weight was that because weighing yourself is inherently a bad thing or is that because you have an emotional attachment to that number that you're not willing to address mm. totally because fundamentally the issue is your relationship with that number yeah your relationship with that tracking and that tool not the tool itself does that make sense okay. like yeah. do we have to ban alcohol because some people get addicted to it and yeah. is alcohol inherently bad this is kind of my point people who get obsessive about tracking calories would be better served addressing why they get obsessive yeah and so, for example, being perfectionists, um, not being able to not put something in the app and have an untracked day or a higher day or a lower day and have a flexible approach towards it rather mm -hmm. than going, I get obsessive when I track my calories and blah, 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 and ruling that out as an option. Because for many of those people, it's still a very viable tool. Mm -hmm. which would help them towards their goals. I don't Absolutely. know what you guys think about that. For sure. I think as well, like w one thing that I would see that's so common with tracking my fitness pal, if someone has like, you'll always have a calorie goal that's one specific number. So say it's 2,500 calories. If someone's to consume over that by 20, even 20 calories, and then they're displayed with, you red. have minus 21. Red, 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 that connotation automatically from that is, oh, I failed. Like I've overconsumed. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that with so many people. And that leads to that area of, or that down the route of that kind of all or nothing mentality. Oh, I've gone over, like it's red anyway. So, you know, fuck it. Like so many people I feel like can fall into that. It's just like, yeah, it's like, again, having that uh, negative emotion kind of attached to maybe what the number you wouldn't like to see on the scale weight or going in the direction you necessarily wouldn't want to see. But it's looking at that specific number, not looking at the impact that it has over the longer term. Totally. Imagine, I was just thinking about this. So when I think of the numbers in the red, I think of an overdraft, right? Imagine if people had the same attitude to their overdraft that they do to calories. Which well, fucked. Just <laughs> I'm going to spend it all. Like, I've wanted a Gucci handbag forever. And because I've gone in the red, I'm going to have to <laughs> fucking buy the Gucci handbag now. It's just a ridiculous. When you really break it down, yeah. it is unbelievably nonsensical like it really is and don't get me wrong i'm not belittling people who do it i've been in that situation i've done it myself mm. and i and I, i've coached many people out of it mm. um but when you really break it down it is the two analogies that one of like i'm in the overdraft and i'm gonna spend all the money now and the other one is i've got a flat tire best fucking torch the cunt now and just blow the car up um <laughs> are the two best analogies that kind of suit this scenario. Like you literally have a flat tire, stay patient. AA man's going to come out and fix it. And you're going to be driving on your way. Mm. That's the equivalent of going in the red. It's a very minor, like 
step off the road that, I mean, no, even more so. Like, literally, there's a spare tire in the boot and it's just going to slip on and slip off. Like, it's such a non-thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the education comes around it as well. And even just, like, breaking it down as to, yes, you have a calorie target, but, you know, everything is so variable. Even day-to-day energy expenditure like there's not going to be a single day where you burn the same amount of energy even if you're somebody who's super super consistent like it's just not that specific and that's why you know going over your calories by 20 50 100 even a couple of hundred sometimes like it genuinely isn't going to make that much of a difference yeah um it's amazing the Lack of rational thinking from very but intelligent people. But it is that people. perfectionism. It is a hundred percent that perfectionism. Totally, but like these same people don't miss a deadline at work and fucking quit their job. Yeah, true. Like, true. I, they're very intelligent people. Like the majority of my clients are very articulate and, and intelligent people, and they come to me with these exact things of like, oh, whenever I went in the red on my fitness pal, I just said fuck it and didn't didn't track for the rest of the week and then ate everything it's like do you apply that logic to any other area of your life yeah no why do you do it with food then yeah that seem a little bit strange to you because i get emotional with my work like don't get me wrong if if something goes wrong in my job i do like say i don't know a client decides to, to finish working with me i don't fire all my clients because one of them didn't get like the exact results they wanted or whatever like mm-hmm. it yeah. doesn't make any sense anyway um so uh, another kind of um uh, insult that's thrown at tracking calories is that it's obsessive in itself so not that people get obsessive doing it but people may look from the outside in and say that putting something in an app is an obsessive thing mm. or um uh, don't know uh what else would you say disordered or um a lot of effort yeah i think those are the three kind of things that are levied at it from a, a negative perspective what, what are you guys thoughts on that well i'm like it, like even from like the effort standpoint that you just touched on at the end there it's like okay maybe it'll make like it's gonna take some sort of like conscious effort when you first do it but it's like everything in life if you're looking to achieve anything yeah. is going to require some sort of conscious effort to begin with and if you look at tracking with nutrition, yeah, it might be a little bit more difficult. You need to think about doing it first. But so is going to the gym for the first time. So yeah. is doing any sort of change in your kind of way of living. So I guess with my fitness pal, it's just, well, if if you give it that, you know, if you're tracking your nutrition and you give that conscious effort to begin with, you all know yourself. Well, once you do that for your first week, second week, it's so much easier to track from then on. You have all your sources that are saved. It's a lot easier to be able to access them and input them on a daily basis. Or even if you're eating pretty similar from one day to another, it gives you, it, it, it's not time consuming even in that sense as well. So it's not even that much effort that comes along with it. Maybe at the start, it requires more of that effort, but it's not like that for the long period. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And that's something that it doesn't get my back up, but when people aren't willing to put in that effort, it's clearly like, well, you know, if you're not willing to make a few sacrifices and go out of your way on a few occasions and input a few things into an app or whatever, then, you know, it's kind of asking you, are, are the things that you're looking to achieve really as important as you think they are? Um, and I know that sounds quite savage and no, of course, you don't have to calorie count. You don't have to track your calories to lose weight or reach your goals. But the reality is, is it makes it a lot easier. And especially even from like our perspective as coaches, like as Jake touched on having that quantifiable data to be able to make those changes, you know, it's just going to make the whole process a lot easier um and yes it is going to take some effort but so does everything in life if you want to you know make a change and get to where you want to be i've heard from so many people as well i just you know i don't have the time to do it or yet or maybe it's too much effort and it's like you know like put yourself in the situation of cooking your dinner right and if you're going through that and like say you're waiting for rice to boil you're waiting for chicken to be cooked like 
the time that you're standing there waiting for that to happen, you could easily sit there, input that, and probably make, like, you're making use of that time, I guess, to be able to track something that is, you know, by being able to track, it gives you some sort of value from there afterwards as well. That, yeah, I think it's just kind of blown a bit out of proportion when it comes to that. Yeah, I agree with that. And the whole weighing stuff as well, I, I never understand that because what's the difference between pouring pasta into a pan or putting a pan on a pair of scales and pouring the pasta in? Like, there's, it's yeah. literally, it just takes no effort or time at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it might require you to pour the pasta. This is just me being a foodie and, like, you shouldn't pour pasta into a pan and then cook it from cold. Put it into a bowl then. But you might have to pour it into a bowl a and then pour packet. it into the into the saucepan. And you so like up... you're adding one minuscule step. And like as someone like how often do I start cooking at late notice, Kate? Like every night. Every night. And I usually like dinner served just a smidge, like <laughs> five minutes max. But <laughs> he knows he, he knew he knows he's not not to leave me waiting. <laughs> Kate gets hangry. <laughs> Um, if it gets to like 10 past seven, I'm like, she's giving me fucking evils from the living room. Um, as he's cooking my dinner. <laughs> as I'm cooking her dinner. And then I'll just give her a little like, okay, can you come do some of the washing up while I finish dinner? Um, Princess. It doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't add time really. We're talking two minutes extra to be a bit more accurate with your tracking as, as in weighing stuff maybe in a day. And maybe a few minutes extra putting the stuff into my fitness pal. Yeah. Realistically. I saw an amazing tweet meme thing the other day. Um, and it was, um, if you're from the generation that downloaded music illegally from whatever we used to download it from. LimeWire? LimeWire, <laughs> right? LimeWire. Transported it into your iTunes put every single one of it into albums, put the artwork on, and put the thing on, you can fucking figure out my fitness pal. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. Right? And I was someone who struggled with doing that. I was <laughs> like, this is fucking complicated. And some of my mates would be like, oh no, you just blah, 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 blah. And I can use my fitness pal and I'm fine at it, right? That's if so you cool. were from the generation who used Napster and LimeWire and all that stuff, you can fucking figure out my fitness pal. For one, and you've got the time for two. Yeah. What you may not have, and this is a totally fair thing to say, is the emotional bandwidth yeah. and the mental bandwidth. Yeah. And then we need to circle back, thinking from like a motivational interviewing point of view of why did we start making these changes? Yeah. How are you feeling right now? How do you want to feel in the future? And why is that important to you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you will find the emotional bandwidth to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. if you can't your goal is not as important to you as you think it is yeah mm -hmm. or you've not connected with it properly um so that's kind of tracking we've definitely you can tell we've got a slight bias there in fact i'm a little bit disappointed in, us in some ways yeah because we've definitely <laughs> just taken those criticisms and ripped them to shreds and some of them definitely have some valid validity to them yeah yeah mm -hmm. Um, so intuitive eating, um, this is bastardized definitely. Um, and both of the other guys have taken a firm step back on kind of outlying what intuitive it. eating is. Um, <laughs> so intuitive eating from my understanding is giving yourself full permission to eat whatever foods you want in whatever quantities you want without kind of any regard for um, calories and suitability, etc., etc. And the bastardized version of it is, so you're just going to eat pizza and donut and ice cream, which is what the average person would do for a few days. Mm -hmm. However, when you give yourself full permission to eat, and this is, been shown in research and has been shown in individuals time and time again, when you give yourself full permission to eat anything, yes, you may have a period of getting things out of your system because you have things that, you know, you've restricted, restricted for a long time and these preconceptions that have been built up for a long time. When you give yourself full permission to eat whatever you want, you will eat vegetables. 
you will eat whole grains because of the way that they make you feel. And you will also eat pizza and you will also eat donuts. But when you have that full permission to eat, and Ryan, I mean, Ryan's an okay example of this in a really completely unrelated way. Mm-hmm. Ryan's really overfed at the moment, right? He's yeah. making himself sick with food, right? <laughs> if I said to him, you have full permission to eat these 12 donuts, Ryan, he may eat one or two. He's That'd not going to go and eat all 12. Whereas someone who's been severely dieted and restricted may eat the whole dozen. Mm-hmm. Right? Then they wouldn't do that every single time. But they wouldn't. If I gave them another dozen the next day, I would argue they wouldn't eat the dozen. Right. So what happens is that you reach an equilibrium. And generally, when you stop restricting so much um, and you potentially bring in some other principles like mindful eating, um, I believe the intuiting the intuitive eating approach also involves an in- 10 principles of the intuitive eating approach isn't there yeah i don't know what they are off the top of my head one of them is they are around my, one of them yeah. is um leading an active lifestyle yes one of them is daily movement yeah um i don't believe they specify what that movement is but say you follow daily you feel good yeah say you follow daily movement yeah um you still eat foods that nourish your body um, but you also give yourself full permission to eat th- foods that you enjoy. Um, the general outcome is weight neutral. Um, most people do not gain body fat at a significant level or lose body fat at a significant level. Obviously, there's an equilibrium effect of if you are excessively lean and your body is not comfortable there, you will gain body fat back to your equilibrium Yeah. and vice versa. If you are severely overweight, Quite often, people will lose weight in this method simply mm-hmm. because their body would actually be more comfortable at yeah, a lighter body, body weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've yeah, I think you've outlined um, that. Yeah, that. <laughs> there is a, a book called Intuitive Eating, just called Intuitive Eating. I think so. Yeah, by two ladies that I can't remember. I will link it in the description, which is actually like a registered. Yeah. Trademark. Like Mm -hmm. intuitive eating is not just a description like tracking calories. Mm -hmm. It is actually a diet and method and way of living in itself that has been outlined very clearly. And as Kate says, there's 10 principles. Mm -hmm. So I've already kind of gone over one of the criticisms, which is people bastardize it. People just eat shit all the time. Yeah. No, one Mm -hmm. of the criticisms that people kind of in the fitness industry would levy at it is that people eat intuitively they'll just eat shit yeah which i think you've just explained realistically when you actually give yourself full permission to eat whatever you want yes there might be a period where you go a little bit crazy and you eat things that you have restricted but there will become a point where you're just not that fussed because i think the whole point of a lot of overeating stems from restricting so if you're not restricting there's then no need to actually overeat mm. so it's, it's, it's always like contextual based isn't it of like what position the person is in before they go into this intuitive yeah. eating approach like what is that background being like leading up to that point just like you'd said for me jake like if i was to go into an intuitive eating approach just now you'd lose weight i would lose weight like yeah with ease. I would be wanting to fast all day. I'd be like, oh, you know, food can wait till tomorrow. <laughs> no. but, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess the only thing I'm thinking in my head, and I'm trying to think really critically here, is on a population level, yes, some people have poor relationships with food, but, and this is something that um, Kate's old coach, Dan, tweeted or put out, which was mindful eating. And this is mindful eating, not intuitive eating. Mindful eating only works when your mind is full of nutrition information. And I am trying to think of how intuitive eating would work on a population level with some of the poor nutritional knowledge out there and really poor nutritional habits. And would people just continue eating ready meals? Because they don't eat vegetables anyway. Yeah, probably. 
And that's where I guess it would come into even like, you know, if you look at the the percentage of population being overweight and obesity, and then that's where the cultural differences will come in and looking at the impact that they would have as well um, in intuitive eating. Like how many people of the population, like I, that would be a really interesting uh, to be able to know of like, right, if we were to look at the UK, percentage of people that actually, I guess, do more eat intuitively opposed to those that are very, you know, us that are very fixed majority of the time into our kind of nutritional goals and being more focused on that. I guess, because yeah. I mean, you, could, you would say like general population here in Scotland, like people will eat intuitively more so. Yeah, but I guess the distinction like, that needs to be made there is eating <laughs> intuitively and intuitive eating aren't the same thing. Yeah, they're different. That's, and this sure. is where the, the fitness industry industry bastardizes it because eating intuitively does not fucking work on a population level definitely yeah. not and i actually need to backtrack on what i've just said it was something I, I that came into my head as i finished my sentence which is i guess it probably would work on a on a population level because for the population to for the population to eat to, to use intuitive eating they would mm -hmm. have to follow the 10 principles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that would involve education in itself. Yeah. So is it realistic that the population would follow intuitive eating because of the work that would be involved uh, teaching them all the 10 principles? But not even that as well. Like you've got to think of it even on like a poverty level, like mm -hmm. people who live in poverty, people who have poor access to fresh food or mm -hmm. you know yeah. that's going to make that really difficult yeah because they may from their intuitive eating principles want to eat some quinoa and broccoli and what they are able to afford is not within that bandwidth mm. um, and also i think it comes back down to as well like what people grow up with like, no, totally. But that that that's eating intuitively, isn't it? Like what yeah. people grow up with comes down to eating intuitively, whereas we're talking about intuitive eating and following the ten principles. Yeah, which is uh, something that you are coached through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either through the book or through an individual. Yeah. Yeah, I think people confuse the two a lot. And it's even the same thing. even just in this conversation, we're doing it. Yeah, we spoke about um because um and I'd recommend anyone listening to this podcast probably go and watch this Instagram live between Amelia Thompson, this is really ironic, who's Kate's current coach, uh -huh. and Dan Meek, who is Kate's old coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's just That's so, funny. so, so random, much so much amusement involved with this whole thing. Um, because I also feel like they're basically arguing over two previous versions of a previous and a current version of Kate, <laughs> Kate tracking calories for a long time and is now eating intuitively um and you are genuinely eating pretty intuitively eh? yeah yeah um so that's quite amusing in itself but uh, Amelia's a very educated person and unlike us she understands intuitive eating well enough to not in her own conversation get mixed up between intuitive eating and eating intuitively yeah and i guess we've shown you in this podcast how, how easy, easy it is, is to slip into yeah but yeah. i mean scotch people just eat battered, <laughs> sauce, battered sausages so like it wouldn't work um so i guess that's the criticism that's levied at it isn't it i, I was gonna say as well so like you know like to, to weigh up the two like if we were to look at intuitive eat, eating then and then that 10 principles that we've got i could still imagine you know certain individuals following that maybe stressing a little bit over the number of principles and then maybe being a little bit obsessive with that yeah obviously obsessive with that but maybe not being certain enough whether they have done enough exercise or whether they have done, you know, enough of each of these principles and whether that has fall, fallen in alignment with their goals. Or am I just saying that's going to be just the sort of person that I would be in that case of like very specific and wanting to track those kind of variables. But do, do you know what I'm getting at with that? Totally. I think if you're somebody that's used to, especially if you're somebody that has tracked before and you're used to having that like quantifiable data mm -hmm. and, and that like perfectionism type 
personality mm-hmm. there is going to be a lot of probably questioning yourself because it's not it's not data it's not black and white it's not numbers it's you know yeah there's a there's a lot more gray <laughs> so yeah. i mean my retort to that ryan would be yeah. when you choose to go down an intuitive eating line you are by definition by going down this route and maybe i'm bastardizing things here you are putting your relationship with food and flexibility above all other goals yeah and consciously saying that i'm not looking to change my physique certainly from a body fat store point of view sure i don't know what their kind of viewpoint is on if you really wanted to have muscular development kind of physique goals i would imagine it's kind of well that's not what's as important as this stuff up here right now um do some resistance training if it makes you feel good but we're not looking to obsess over am i gaining enough muscle right now yeah Mm -hmm. um so and that can be alien to people like us who have always from a fitness perspective fitness and health perspective always had a really tangible goal that we're working towards that maybe is at the top of the ladder above other things Mm -hmm. that makes sense i I guess i'm going to ask you a question kate how have you found swapping over from tracking calories to being more intuitive yeah i want to know this as well um i found it incredibly freeing Mm -hmm. to be quite honest um even just eating out i've I think I've I've surprised myself a little bit because I was somebody obviously I've tracked for years and somebody who even like eating out I would struggle to sit and enjoy a meal without looking at a plate of food and guesstimating how many calories would be in it and I've just not done that like I have completely switched off my brain and there's been a few occasions where my head's got the better of me and I've almost started guesstimating and totting up maybe how much I've had at certain meals I'm like no no, 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 no. Like we're not, we, we don't do that anymore. Um, do you know, it's really funny. I've stopped doing it as well um, when we eat out. Um, and there's been a few occasions where I, I can get away with this because I know Mike doesn't listen, listen to this podcast, <laughs> where I'm meant to have been tracking a meal out. And generally when we were both tracking, there'd have been an ongoing dialogue yeah. of what do you reckon this is? What do you reckon that is? And it's literally a case of like, I've gone out, I've had so many calories. All of these have been dinners. So I've had so many calories available. And like, I've basically just quick added roughly the exact amount that was in there. And I'm like, if it's more, it's more. If it's less, it's less. Mike's just getting the data he's getting. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely not accurate. Maybe it was less. Maybe it was more. I Like, realistically, it's not going to be the exact amount of calories I happened to have available that day. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'll I honestly like do, I'll have done it like the next day, for example, because it's not been in my head at all. Um, yeah. And I would I would agree with you. I think it's been quite freeing. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've probably been more relaxed yeah. on our meals out. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's... it's definitely, and like that's the really positive side of it. I'm not gonna lie. I think probably what I'm doing is maybe a little bit, just a little bit more extreme than somebody maybe transitioning to like. Mm-hmm. intuitive eating because obviously I'm doing the whole honoring my hunger um and quite extreme hunger so I'm eating quite a lot um you're still eating very intuitively though like like honoring your hunger is a firm principle of intuitive yeah, eating yeah it just so happens that your hunger hormones are fucked yeah mm-hmm. how, how is that how is like your your overall kind of hunger signals going now then are you feeling like obviously you're not paying much attention to quantities of what you're consuming obviously yeah, yeah. but like do you feel like you notice that okay maybe I'm not as hungry as you know frequently throughout the day as I was when I first started doing I think it's definitely starting to die down a little bit even like even today it's funny I was having this like internal conversation with myself after what I had for lunch I was like I definitely had less for lunch today and I had mm-hmm. less first thing this morning and I'm feeling like pretty satisfied right now um so yeah like I think that I don't know I think it's going to be like a little bit up and down as well because there was 
we were away last weekend. Was it last weekend we were away? Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely, it was obviously just being out and about and being like with other people and, and staying in like other set, settings. It was difficult to like really probably just completely honor my hunger to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely found start of the week hunger levels were like pretty insatiable. Like I was just a complete bottomless pit. Um, but I'm definitely getting better at honoring my hunger. And I think just almost giving into it a bit and like even at this stage like I like I I am gaining weight quite quickly and I have already gained quite a bit of weight like initially and it's almost just that like acceptance of it now of like actually if I just lean into this more mm. honor my hunger more now the process itself might just be a little bit shorter <laughs> I don't know if that's people thinking but that's of kind it, of of course it will where my uh, head is going, to be quite honest. Of course it will. Like, I would like I think sitting in I think last weekend was a bit of a learning curve for me that like sitting in a middle zone where I'm still allowing myself to get really hungry and not eating to satiety, it's just gonna like elongate the process a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. I was I, so we went out for dinner on Wednesday night, it's Friday today, and it was a lovely dinner, but it was quite like a light dinner, I'd say. Um, um, no, we went to the Palmerston, which is a new restaurant oh. um, in the West End. Um, really good, actually. I'd recommend it. Um, and it wasn't a heavy-duty meal. Um, and I'm permanently fairly satisfied at the moment. Like, just I don't know what's going on with my appetite. Um, so I find it hard to gauge, like, where I would expect Kate to be. And I was like, how are you feeling? She was like, ah, feel okay. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not stuffed. I could eat more, but I'm not, like, starving. Yeah. And, like, in my head, straight away, I was like... That's progress. That is progress, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. when we've gone out for meals like that previously, you've, like, been like, I'm fucking starving. Yeah. Like, I'm still starving. Um, and don't get me wrong, it wasn't, like, tiny portions, but it wasn't, like... Mm. We hadn't gone out for a meal and, like, gone big, for example. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse than that feeling. You feel agitated when you feel that hungry after having like a meal out, and you feel cheated. You're just yeah. like you're just like I, I I can remember the feeling in my hands of, of just like clenching my hands, just like no, I need more food. I need more yeah. food. So true. I even said that. I think I said that in my check-in to Amelia at the weekend of like, and I actually said the words of like, I almost feel guilty for saying this, and it's petty, but I'm like resentful when we have like a meal out and you know, whoever you're with, like, they're not even finishing what's on their plate. And mm. I'm sat there and I've already devoured what I've had. And I'm just sitting there being like, how are you full? Like, like, and it's obviously it's so individual, but it is, there is almost that feeling of like. Do you know what's really funny? I was listening to, um, Ryan, you might have listened to this podcast, the Revive Stronger Pack podcast with Menno Hensemans. Oh, I haven't. I haven't listened to it. Right. The most recent one. And yeah. he was talking about a study that basically, or a theory in psychology, sorry, which is basically that as humans, we automatically assume that an emotion that we are feeling will be mirrored or reciprocated by others. And I was in my own head going, this makes so much sense to me that like human instinct is that you will feel the same as I feel. Um, because when I go out for food and I feel fully satisfied and full from a meal, I instinctively project, surely you feel the same, Kate, right? Mm -hmm. And she will instinctively project, there's no way you can be full from that (laughs) if she's still hungry, right? And that is the instinct because that's what she's Mm -hmm. feeling. And it's very hard to, as humans... Uh, separate what we're feeling from what someone else might be feeling. Yeah. And we know this because we just struggle to find, see other people's perspectives in general, but on things that are a little bit less emotion-based and stuff, we really struggle with this. And so I, I, I understand exactly what Kate's feeling, which is there's no fucking way. Like you're just lying. You don't feel full. You're chatting shit. Mm. And I can confirm genuinely as someone who is in like that fitness industry thing, blah, blah, blah we have very similar metabolisms and all that sort of thing that I am full from the things that Kate is still starving from 
and that my instinct is surely you're full and that hers is how, how are you no doing? fucking way yeah um and that, that feeling can be very irritable certainly if you're feeling a negative emotion it wouldn't irritate me because i feel fine and i'm full and i'm i'm happy mm-hmm. but if Kate isn't that would that obviously would create resentment and, and anger mm. um so we we were out for a tasting menu on saturday afternoon and it was categorically the smallest portions i've ever experienced <laughs> on a tasting menu like we are talking mm. how small would you say the piece of halibut was like oh, five like, centimeters by yeah, two centimeters tiny. like we're talking like a piece of halibut which was like the top two bits of my finger right so like that a genuinely that width I know this isn't a visual aid, (laughs) but you know, like probably probably five centimeters in like length and then one centimeter in like width and depth, maybe tiny, tiny. Right. Yeah. Um, I got it. I was like, surely not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And like the dessert part of it was bigger. Right. And I was like, oh, I was glad the dessert was big because like it just about left me feeling satisfied and I think was it my mum said or Martin was like oh yeah like clearly they're taking that view of like if you're not no it was definitely my mum if you're not full before this you sure as hell will be after mm-hmm. and I like glanced at Kate being like you fucking won't be <laughs> <laughs> and I knew that that comment really fucking like wrangle her of like full from that fucking meal are you taking yeah. the piss yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, we've gone well off topic. Way off topic. Um. But hopefully, you guys enjoyed that kind of <laughs> chit chat. Little insight into the shit Kate's doing at the minute. <laughs> so, where do we think these two things fit? I think they both serve a purpose. I think that realistically, when we talk about tracking. As I touched on before, like you don't start tracking calories thinking I'm going to do this forever. You know, you don't want to be 70 years old making your dinner, plugging things into my fitness pal. Like we would hope not anyway. So I think that tracking is almost that educational part that we talked about. It's almost Mm -hmm. that, you know, you learn a lot. I, if, say you've got weight loss goals, you know, you reach your weight loss goals, you get to a body weight that you're comfortable. And that's when you move into more of an intuitive eating approach. Mm-hmm. Do you know something we've not touched on massively is the difficulty with f- eating in a flexible way without tracking that can become more difficult, right? Yeah. Cause often say we have, a general approach that we want to drop body fat, right? Something has to change from what the person's doing now to where they want to get to, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What they're doing now is not resulted in the body that they want, right? So, and, and tracking calories gives you that full flexibility of food choices. That's probably the only reason I like it. Like, mm-hmm. yes, quantifiable data is great, but also, you know, Okay, hit these calories, hit this protein. I'd like you to eat vegetables and, and fiber. But outside of that, if you want to have a chocolate bar, have a fucking chocolate bar by all mm. means. I'd love it if it fit these numbers, you know, more often than not, or at least within 5% plus or minus, more often than not. And certainly on a weekly basis, more often than not. Yeah. But if you want to have some chocolate, if you want some ice cream, if you want to have a brownie, whatever, awesome, fire away. More difficult to give that full flexibility when you're following say a low carb approach or um where you started restricting food groups or um setting in food rules i guess not impossible but more difficult um so i guess i like tracking calories because of the quantifiable data and and the ease of flexibility um yeah no i'm absolutely with you on that um yeah, I feel the exact same. I feel like even it can provide so much reassurance if, say, say if you're eating out, like think of the amount of people that, you know, are still distinguishing foods between good and bad food sources. And it if they certainly were, break that down, eh? To- to- that. 
totally um that like the amount of people that i would find that you know would maybe go and eat out and then you know then feel like they've gone you know they've ate terrible that night and you know they've had so much and then in reality when they look at it in the general context of the day when they put that in that meal that they've had then because like there's so many um places that you can eat out now like you know your yeah. typical chains like five guys and stuff like you can get that on my fitness pal with ease you get the whole menu yeah and then you put it in and you're like oh actually do you know what like this actually fits in okay with my goals like or five maybe guys, I just need to... five guys is a really bad example <laughs> I, I know nobody, nobody has ever said maybe in, for your calories Ryan. It, nobody's <laughs> ever said in retrospect nobody's ever been like I just had like a double bacon cheeseburger and Cajun fries. And it, it actually <laughs> fit in all right. But no, I ate my whole No, you're so right. <laughs> I just thought of like um, James Quarter and I was like, right, what's in there? I was like, oh, five guys, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing came to my head. Um, McDonald's, but no, McDonald's, McDonald's would actually example. often fit okay. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, yeah, where were, what was I saying with that? Um, it can help people distinguish between good and bad foods, yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, just More kind of provide that reassurance of the damage that they feel like they've done isn't actually anywhere near as bad as it is. Or it gives you the the chance to be able to kind of adjust days following or days around to kind of suit yeah. that as that weekly total. Yeah, totally. And I guess intuitive eating is a phenomenal stepping stone for someone. Mm. It's certainly a route... <sighs> I'm not going to say that I use an intuitive eating approach with clients post tracking, but I certainly bring in a decent amount of the fundamentals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A mindful eating approach, permission to eat foods, um, daily activity, um, et cetera. Um, and actually just encouraging them to actually eat to their satiety and get in touch with their satiety signals Yeah, mm -hmm. um, can be a phenomenal stepping stone post-tracking um for them to then kind of maintain a nice place and to mm -hmm. find balance with their nutrition uh not to have to put things in an app not to have to obsess mm -hmm. over things mm -hmm. um and to go back to living i guess what you would say go back to free living mm -hmm. um, for lack of a better approach a better word yeah um so I guess in conclusion, they're both phenomenal tools. Absolutely. They're both bastardized by both ends. Absolutely. Um, and neither is wrong. One or the other may be more suitable at different, times. at different times. If you are someone who wants to drop body fat, mm -hmm. intuitive eating is a weight neutral approach. It is not designed for weight loss. You won't lose weight doing it if you do it properly or very unlikely. Um, and like you shouldn't go in with again well that that's a preface in itself if you go in with weight loss even as a subliminal goal in the back of your head you'll fuck it mm -hmm. based on the way that it's designed you yeah. you you, you won't do the the principles effectively because you have that thing going on in the back of your head um so yeah i think they're phenomenal tools agreed what do you guys think yeah I, i'm 100 in agreement Depends on the person, depends on the goals, you know, uh, they both serve a really great purpose. I think I think it is very valuable to bring in, definitely at some point, people transitioning closer to that intuitive eating approach. I, I will always make sure people spend time away from tracking at some point as well, depending on how long they have been tracking for as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really valuable. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think especially that's something that, I do a lot with my clients as if they've got certain things on, you know, giving them opportunities to have on track days. You know, they've got holidays, they've got weekends away, encouraging them to practicing what we do when they're tracking, but without physically putting those things into the app, because I think it just removes that attachment a little bit that can build up with my fitness pal and that kind of comfort, comfort blanket. Mm. Um, so I think it's good to. Something I've been doing recently that um, I, had probably been guilty of, of actually manifesting this into my clients a little bit was I realized that I only gave people in general untracked days when they had social stuff on and or on weekends. Uh, I quite like to encourage people to have them during the week as well. Yeah. Well, I have been yeah. for about mm, six or eight weeks now. Mm -hmm. um, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, 
And I think that's a great way to start moving away from tracking. Totally. Is, so just, you know, Tuesday, don't do, track. Do this normally. Do what you normally do. It's going to be no different to what you would normally do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and I realized with the way that my clients responded to that, that there had been a slight connotation built up with untracked means relaxed and mm-hmm. social and indulging and tracking means being yeah. good and in a calorie deficit or whatever and it was like ah, okay right we need to address that like these are just tools like they shouldn't have an on-off switch for you know being indulgent being restricted being healthier whatever yeah. um so i think that's a really useful tool um Absolutely. as well is is uh you know just having the odd day that you just ah, fuck it i'm not gonna put anything in my fitness pal well don't, well, don't say fuck it um, not you, you good things don't usually follow saying fuck it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm going to decide not to put things into my fitness pal today. Yeah. Okay, so look at me like just stop fucking talking. <laughs> <laughs> he says that I fucking with her on. Yada 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 yada. On anyway, that note, guys. Um Ryan, have you got any nice plans this week and this weekend? I might be going swimming tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I'm swimming in ages. Well, I think we're just gonna go. Me and Kat are gonna go down to Ballantines. I think we were. We were maybe gonna go this evening, but I was like, I've trained today. No, thank you. Um. So well, I've got more more free time tomorrow. Nice. I think uh, we're gonna go swimming. I haven't been swimming two years, two and a half years, no. two and a half years. I think I've not been in the pool for. Or loyal, even- loyal um, BFC podcast listeners will remember that Ryan was a competitive swimmer. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So, um, I, I was—it's always nice being able to go in. The, I, I enjoy the pool. I find it very therapeutic. Nice. Um, a nice pool. Yeah. Well, a nice pool. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, but aside from that, um, to be honest, me and Cat have been tackling a lot of movies recently. I tell you what, we just watched Hacksaw Ridge. Have you seen that? No. no. Need to watch it. Based in World War Two, and a, 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 it's a true story. Oh, I have seen it. I have yeah. seen it. Really good. Um, but we've got like a big movie list that we all we want to we want to get through movies. Maybe favorite movies of mine that cat's not seen, and favorite movies of cat that of cats that I've not seen. So oh. I'm sure there'll be some plenty of movie watching. You have to shoot them away. What are you having for your dinner? Dinner. I don't know what I'm having for dinner tonight yet. I've got right, right. more fucking calories <laughs> i'm just i had i think i really i had steak last night and i'm actually at the point which i never thought i would get to i'm actually getting really quite sick of steak now as well um which this is definitely a first so i'm tempted to maybe get a pizza nice i'm tempted to get a pizza um but i'm finding it easier at the moment especially at weekends like monday to thursday i'll usually have a, a pretty planned kind of evening meal Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm like, what could I actually stomach at this point? (laughs) I think when I got really high in calories, one of the nicest things was like being able to just be like, fuck it, I'm having pizza. And like, Mm -hmm. as much as we were just joking about five guys never fits anyone's calories, Mm -hmm. it was that I can have a pizza for dinner tonight and I can eat entirely normal for the rest of the day and Mm -hmm. it will fit just fine. Because yeah. my calories are so high that, you know, a large Domino's, 2,000 calories, that's mm. not actually even half of my calories. Like, <laughs> for you, that's really not even half your calories. Yeah. In context, Ryan's eating like 4,800 calories. So, mm. like, you still got, I mean, some of you, you would still have double what some of my clients have of a, as a daily target before the pizza. Before the pizza. We're probably yeah. eating about the same amount of food at the minute, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's it's straight. It is like this is. I'm enjoying the challenge, though. That's that's for sure. Like I'm enjoying the challenge because I'm I'm embracing it more because I'm like, it's just going to make getting into a diet eventually yeah. when that time does come, which is so far away and which it feels like, um, that will be the point that I'll be looking forward to so much, um, and I will be so ready for it, but. Yeah, it's just strange, you know, usually being such a a food fanatic and, you know, I mean, for years I just couldn't get full. And it's just clearly I'd never really pushed my calories up as high as I 
as I could have it, over a long period of time anyway. But um do you, mate? Do you? I went through the same thing last year. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it changes. It's, I guess it's refreshing, isn't it? You're like, oh, I'm not always going to be hungry forever. Yeah, <laughs> it changes you. You give me hope, Ryan. You oh, never, you'll worry. never go back. Like genuinely, Ryan. Like I, I did a photo shoot prep. Um, maybe if I'd gone to stage, like if I dropped another three kilos, mm-hmm. maybe my appetite regulation would have been really fucked. Mm-hmm. But and like nobody will probably believe me on this, but I was genuinely full the week after my photo shoot. Like mm. every single day, consistently, and we were like we were eating decent amount of calories and food. Like I wasn't tracking anything, so I don't know. But mm. like, we went to Butterburger, and that was probably really indulgent. But like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect that, eh? Like for yeah. the leanness I got to, and the amount of time I'd been dieting, you'd have expected it to be like, yeah, like. And the fact, like, I can show you in blood results, I had zero testosterone, so I was clearly oh, fucked. I remember, you, I remember you showing me, yeah, yeah. So you'd have expected my appetite hormones to be fucked. But anyway, we will leave it there. That's enough chit-chat for you guys. Um, but I, you guys love the chit-chat, eh? Love the chat. Love it. What's it all about? That's what we come for. Um, so um, I'm going to leave it there. Please, 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 please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Um, we are going to start doing some giveaways for people who have left us five-star reviews. Um, we're not going to announce when we're not going to announce what, but just know if you leave us a five-star review on the podcast platform that you listen on, we will be rewarding some people who do so. So leave you with that message. (laughs) You guys want to say bye? Bye guys. Bye. Bye.